0: Hey, I'm Vishnu Srinivas and you're listening to the Hawkeye Podcast. Joining me today is Dr. Girish Mukai. He is the Chief Sales and Marketing Officer at Heal Software. Uh, Thanks so much for coming on today.
1: Thank you, Vishnu. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, so happy to talk to you today.
0: Thank you. Uh, So, Do you want to give a short introduction, uh, background about your role and your background?
1: Absolutely, Vishnu. Yeah. So I um, I work for Heal Software. Uh, we are an enterprise AI software company, essentially helping IT operations teams solve a number of problems that they have to deal with using machine learning and artificial intelligence. Right before that, um, I was with a company called Passage AI, which is in the conversational chatbot space. It got acquired by ServiceNow. And then prior to that, uh, you know, a few decades in... Uh, communication, networking, and AI areas. And uh, I went to school at IIT Madras uh, and uh, undergrad, and then a PhD from Boston University and an MBA from Wharton. Also serve as a CEO of uh, IIT Madras Foundation a nonprofit as a volunteer, raising an endowment for IIT Madras. Um, Also advise a number of companies in this space, in the AI space and an investor in it. So it's always a pleasure to talk about uh, AI. It is is the topic of, Past uh, several years and beyond.
0: Definitely is. Uh, so, where I'd like to start is I guess, like, how much of a role do you think this COVID pandemic, these past few years, played in the massive developments we've seen in AI, especially its usages in businesses?
1: Yeah, Vishnu, I think um, COVID had a very positive impact, if you were to look at it in that direction, on the developments in AI, because we we changed everything as the entire world right 7 billion of us uh, the way we work the way we live the way we deal with things i think ai interestingly played a huge role as an example i'll take a few examples the way we shop earlier you know uh, even though we did order stuff online but we still had as humans go to a store buy things and all that but today you know thanks to covid um, more and more people are getting stuff delivered to their homes Uh, whether it be a grocery, whether it's uh, anything else. So I think that whole shopping pattern, uh, AI plays a big role, uh, both from a recommendation point of view, as well as optimizing how things are delivered, how quickly things can be done. You know, if you look at uh, perishable groceries, they need to be delivered to you very quickly. So a lot of companies that, uh, you know, either sprung up during that time or doubled down during that time, uh, they could apply a lot of the uh, technologies and techniques available in order to optimize all of that stuff, I was just reading about UPS, you know, they deliver millions of packages a day, and um, uh, again, for them, optimizing even certain aspects of the route would not only save a bunch of money for them, but also make their entire uh, supply chain very effective, and they can do more, right? As we need, so lots and lots of that, and then and then thirdly, the way we work, uh, you know, more and more people are doing hybrid work, or you know, we did remote for a long time. People that could do it. And, and going forward, it's going to be a very hybrid world. Um, and I think having these collaboration tools, the tools being very easy to use, it's very personalized, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I think AI does play uh, you know, some role in various areas in that, right? And then finally, not to forget the the, the vaccine development and the drugs that got developed during that time. Um, I think, you know, the, the pace with which drugs were developed vaccines were developed they were approved they were tried out and i think i think data analysis uh, you know whether you call it ai or data analytics anything of that nature data science plays a huge role in making sure that we could do this at this velocity we could never, never have done this at this pace if it was you know 20 30 40 100 years ago
0: definitely and like you said, like obviously AI has served many high level functions in you know enhanced delivery systems, and even we're seeing like autonomous vehicles assisted surgery uh but I guess what to you would you consider the single most profound development in AI that could happen in the future?
1: yeah, you know tough tough to say I mean I wish I had a crystal ball um but uh you know taking a let me take a shot at it I think. Uh, AI has solved a lot of the problems today. You know, again, it's never perfect. It's very statistical. Uh, it, it, can, it can do things at a certain level and it gets better and better as we use it and learn and use the data. So I would say that the um, one of the things I think that could happen in the future, which AI hasn't done well so far, a whole lot, is, you know, essentially explaining the scientific principles that govern the way we, you know, the, the world and the universe and galaxies and everything else operate, right? So I think being, you know, I, I know we have, throughout the human, you know, history, uh, we have always been figuring out new things, whether it be Newton or Einstein or many others uh, along the way. But being able to come and figure out how does the universe operate, what happened before, what is, you know, what is going to happen in the future, I think, in my opinion, that could be a very significant thing that AI can do, especially the pace with which we can find those answers. I know you know, it has taken us hundreds and thousands of years to get to where we are, but maybe AI can accelerate that pace and get us to certain answers and also um, uh, filter out, you know, the wrong answers, right? There are lots of theories. Mm -hmm. So it's about uh, not just coming up with a theory. I think theories are plenty. It's about knowing which one is right and which which ones are not correct. So I feel that's one of the areas where AI could play a huge role, assuming we can get it to a stage where it mimics a human brain at a much larger scale, right? Right, and when we talk
0: about the future of AI, there's been a lot of discussion about the third wave of AI, being like explainable AI essentially. And how important do you think it is for AI to be able to provide explanations for their processes? Or do you feel like the black box system that it's based on right now is adequate?
1: Yeah, uh, I think it depends on the application. Uh, In general, explainable, explainability is very important. Uh, of course there are certain applications where you know we may not uh, we may not put a lot of faith in explainability or we may not need it. whereas in most cases you know when you when you tell um, uh, a particular system to, system to shut down or when you say that you know don't use this drug, use something else or when you do some you know when when you, when you when you're, when you're uh, solving a problem that has a lot of ramifications associated with it, right? Um, you know, uh, finding somebody guilty or not guilty, it has a huge impact, right? So we have to explain why that is the case. So just say that, you know, a, you know, green is better than red, uh, ain't good enough. So AI has to say why is green better in this particular case? What is the reason for it? Because we all know that um, uh, AI is almost like garbage in, garbage out, where the data. I mean, there are three parts to AI, right? One is the data, the second is the model, and the third is essentially how you run all of the stuff, how you train it, what, you know, do that. Um, data plays a big role uh, and, and increasingly, the developments and the models have done very well over the past couple of decades. So the, the holy grail in my opinion is uh, data going forward. And if you use very biased data, uh, the results are gonna be very biased as well, more likely than not. So being able to explain a particular problem, why a particular decision, why a particular recommendation or why a change is you know is 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 very essential. Um because we need the model, we need people to trust what the model tells us. And in order to trust, especially a machine which hasn't which has no precedence, we need to make sure that you know it can tell you why. So uh, I think a lot of work is going on in that area. Uh, even though for some reason these uh, neural networks and deep neural networks and multiple models, they seem to work reasonably well, right? We have seen that. But uh, Why does it work? Why does it mean? Especially when it has implications for you, right? If you tell me you're not going to get me a loan and and said, you know, my AI told you that's not good enough for me. I need to know why. Right.
0: Right. Making it more human personal, I guess, like improving that trust between human and computer is key to the future. When you look at the recent developments in AI, uh, they've been astonishing. but. Like, there's also been a lot of premature hype around certain phenomenon. For example, if we look at autonomous vehicles. Many people claim that the road would be filled with them by the year 2020. Obviously, that doesn't happen because there are certain barriers that can prevent that. And I guess, what do you think are the biggest barriers, legal, economic, etc., that need to be reconciled with the developments that we make in AI to ensure that, like, that actually, these actually come to fruition?
1: Yeah, it's a a fascinating area, right? Um, I think we have made tremendous advances. If you look at uh, Waymo, they've been operating self-driving cars for a while, autonomous cars for a while. Uh, Tesla in particular um, has offered, again, it's not fully autonomous. However, uh, the autopilot and the FSD allow you to to do a lot of stuff. Here is the catch. Um, They work most of the time, 95, 98, 99% of the time. It is at 1% or 2% of the time where things are very different, you have not anticipated. It's very hard to anticipate every single condition, right? The sun is setting at a particular way, a, another object is on the road, a tree branch is blocking one of the signs and somebody else is doing something else, right? It's very hard to predict every single scenario, permutation and combination. Um, so we don't know wh- how it operates because end of the day, the technology challenges are the, the algorithm models, et cetera, which I think we are almost there. I, I don't see much of a barrier there. The data part, when more and more people use it and you collect the data, the better it gets. I think if you look at Tesla, they have lots and lots of drivers who have been, you know, driving this and they're collecting that information that helps them a lot. So, and, and same thing goes for Waymo, right? If you're if you in Waymo in Mountain View or in Arizona, uh, you know, in Phoenix and Mesa, Arizona, you can be assured that it'll do a good job because it keeps driving down those roads up and down you know, for the last decade or more, right? So, the, it, but on the other hand, if you go to a new place, you don't know what's out there, or the weather conditions change, etc. So, the data part is good, not bad. It's the other conditions and also how other people trust it, how other people react. I'll give you a simple example. I mean, when you drop kids at school in the mornings uh, or pick them up, uh, we all have seen it. How? Crazy that is. It's it's the way people drive, the way things are. Everything moves in random directions. I can bet you that programming that would be a, a herculean challenge, right? Going forward. So you know, if if I take a self-driving car to drop my kids at school, there is no way I'm going to drop them. It'll be there either. It'll run over a number of people uh, if I want to get there quickly, or it'll take me three hours before it you know gets through that mess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Legal challenges, absolutely. I think it's a huge issue. I think one of the problems with, if you have an accident with an autonomous car, um, uh, who is to blame, right? Is it the person who's supposed to bought the car or is it the company that uh, sold the car or is it the company that developed the AI software or is it something else? So huge challenge in terms of liability and, and assigning that. Number two, how do you, uh, end of the day, who do you punish? Uh, I mean, our, our, our legal system, Something went wrong today. You know, we we hold people accountable. Um, whereas in a car, you know, how do you, you know, hold it accountable and what do you do? Right, it's very hard. Um, and then, and then, you know, um, uh, the the third thing is also when we have a mixed environment, right? We have you know, millions of regular cars which are not autonomous, and then you throw in you know a bunch of self driving cars in the middle. You're also relying on how the other people react. So very, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty complex equation, right? And then, and then, and then finally, the, uh, you know, some of the moral ethical uh, aspects of it that come, which is, you know, you, sometimes your car is going to hit something and you have a choice, pick A or B, you know, the, the, yeah. the, right? So do you pick a, an elderly person or do you pick a bunch of kids, right? This right. classic question, not Angel, yeah. that'll happen, Age old question. So, you know, uh, and, and you have to program the car at that point. Right? So it's kind of tough. And going back to the technical challenges, one of the challenges that most of these cars have is the processing power, um, because think about it. Uh, if you take a uh, Tesla car today, it has eight cameras, right? And each of them is taking constant uh, you know, uh, images. And you have to analyze that and then make a decision whether to stop the car, slow down, accelerate, do this, do that, steer, right? So the sheer processing power and, and the ability to do that is quite challenging actually and 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 as we get more and more um, into this, uh, you know, uh, again it consumes power. You need, you need more semiconductors. You need more software. You need to connect. Um, I'm not sure if connectivity is still perfect. I mean, we all use our cell phones and you know we we see dropped calls even today. Mm-hmm. So I think all those things. They all have to be perfect because you cannot just say that. Hey, sorry, I have only zero bar on my phone, so I cannot operate right now. Right? Um, so I think, as they say, it takes a village. I think for autonomous cars, it's going to take a lot of villages in order to make it all work. But having said that, I think we are we have made incredible progress. Um, but depending on who you ask, you know, it's either ten years away or thirty years away from you know the world being. Full of this,
0: you know. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. But just like any other technology,
1: no. I mean, I yeah. have a chart. Um, the The time it took for dishwasher to become more, um, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, widely used, or electricity, or television, or anything else. And if you look at that and look at AI, I think AI space is much faster. Right? It's much, much faster. I think you know. It, I think almost. I, I would say most people. Now have a phone, and I think there's some form of AI being used. So it's a ma- I think the adop- adoption ability is easier as soon as you solve the problem today compared to if you had a, if you've talked about electricity, um, people had to adopt for electricity to become you know more uh, uh, ubiqu- ubiquitous. Whereas uh, technologies like this, as soon as you have a real solution and people can trust it, automatically it just becomes uh, you know it, it can catch like wildfire.
0: No doubt, and when you look at kind of the technology that these AI systems are based off of, like majority of institutions today are leveraging like supervised learning for their AI uh, technologies. Do you feel like there are any limitations with this, and do you envision a transformation in the future of machine learning?
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, supervised learning is is uh, usable for certain applications, uh, but not for all at all. In fact. Uh, uh, supervised learning, basically, you know, what you're doing is you are telling the model, you know, show it like simple example, right? You show pictures, images, and then you're telling the model what the picture represents. And the more you do, the more it learns and it can recall pretty well. So image recognition, I think supervised learning is incredible. It does good job, right? I think, I think we have solved it. We can say that, you know, we have conquered that, right? Whereas if you look at many other applications, either you don't have the data, right? Um, uh, to keep telling sufficient amount of data points to tell the model, this is A, this is B, this is C, right? So in, 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 in the example of my, what my company does, you know, we are looking at IT operations when applications are running. Whenever an anomaly or an outage happens, that's what is a teaching moment, right? Like supervised learning. They, they occur so rarely in most of the, in most of the IT environments. That means you can't really train a model. It'll take you, you know, years before it becomes effective at supervised learning right so other approaches have started playing a big role so unsupervised learning being one where you just you know throw a bunch of stuff let the model figure out and cluster them into different buckets um, you know and, 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 and that way you can make sure that hey, it's small medium large or mm-hmm. you know red green and blue whatever that may be right that's that's again it is it is useful to a certain extent uh, again not for all applications. And then there is reinforced learning which um, is almost like how you teach someone how to ride a bike or how to you know do a particular activity but again it's it learns by trial and error that means if you're teaching how to ride a bike you pedal one side you fall down then you pick up you pedal the other side then you fall down again then you realize i need to move the steering wheel so by the time you do that you get hurt quite badly in real world you don't have that luxury so Reinforcement learning is very good for gaming, right? If you're if you're teaching something how to play chess or Go or any other game, we can learn by trial and error. We can lose the first 10 matches or 100 matches. It doesn't matter. Nobody's going to die, right? Nobody was hurt. So self-supervised learning um, you know, is starting to play a bigger role nowadays, um, especially where um, the ability to have enough data to train is rather limited um, and and you really want the model to, in a way, teach itself. And of course, there are um, uh, thousands and thousands of papers being written on a daily basis. Everything is available for um, everyone. You know, for the most part, it's accessible for, for 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 anybody today. So that's the beauty. Of course, having said that, uh, there is a lot of work going on in the ML ops area, which is machine learning operations area, where how do you run um a machine learning model that can effectively use the data use the right models trade it the right way understand there's a lot of feedback in all of this it's not uh... so you got to sort of uh, there's a little bit of art and and a lot of science behind both of this so thankfully you know a lot of people are working on this it's an area of huge excitement and and a lot of brains uh, you know a um, lot of uh, very um, bright people, you know, such as yourself, Vishnu, are, are working on this uh, globally. So, we, we, you know, the future is bright. I'm very excited uh, and as well as very optimistic about, you know, where things are headed, uh, the way development as well as practice is going with AI.
0: For sure. And uh, last question for you, Dr. Mukai. Uh, you know, I've been discussing, like, we're ultimately the ones who, you know, provide the data, and the teaching, in essence, for these AI um, systems. Um, but as we know, like humans are prone to biases, and it's pot- There is potential that like AI can pick up on these biases, right? So, wouldn't that lead to some kind of like moral implications?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think this is an area again of uh, immense uh, debate as well as work across the community, um, both. Um, you know bias in ai rather to reduce the bias in ai as well as ethical use of ai has been um, a, a, a core central tenet uh, for many people so again if there are you got to look at multiple sides of this there is good intent and then there is bad intent so you need to make sure that by by teaching evangelizing standardizing what is aligned with good intent will make us generally move in the right direction having at the same time, we also have to make sure that there are ways to penalize or, or discourage bad behavior, right? So uh, because just like anything else, it's it's a tool. AI is a tool and people can use it just like a knife or a hammer, right? You can use it for good things and you could potentially use it for bad things. So how do we, how do we prevent people from doing the bad things and encourage more and more people to do the right things? Also have to look at what is the right thing? Many people may not even know with it. So giving that um, you know, regulations on one side, design approaches on the other side, industry bodies and standards on the third side, and in general, um, even building it in design. If a semiconductor, for example, that is processing AI, you could build in certain guardrails in it, potentially. Same thing with some of the software. You know, uh, these days, people end up using a variety of software from multiple sources to build a particular system. And as long as you sort of build it in the right way, it works well. Having said that, um, bias is inherent. I mean, human beings, you know, uh, we have shown over uh, in a millennia that that uh, you know, we are biased. Of course, we keep getting better as a society. I think the same thing, we should do that with AI. And one way to do that is teach it with the, or train it with the right models, the right data, use the right models, and also be able to detect bias. The key problem with biases, if you don't even know there is bias, it's very hard to tell. So ex- to your earlier uh, question about explainability, I think they all play a big role in this stuff. And finally, the model dilemmas, it's also about trust. Uh, if, if more and more people trust what a particular model does um, and they understand it better and, 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 and it is widely accepted, then it's likely that more and more people will gravitate towards those things as opposed to something that is not uh, ethical or not doing things in the right way. Having said all that, um, you know f- the future is very bright, right? I think as a society, just like anything else, we will figure out a way to move forward with the right approach. Um, uh, the one thing nice about models like AI, as opposed to you know, what human, decision, human decisions or human behavior you know, you can you can actually get um, the data tells you a whole lot. When a model does a whole lot, you actually have um, uh, parameters. You actually have KPIs. You have you know various ways of reporting that tells you and monitor these things, which actually can tell us whether a, a model A is more biased than model B and so on. Right? They're all measurable to a large extent. So. If you, the more we know, the, the better we can get. And I think the chances are that uh, they are visible to everyone or more people that are involved in it. So the future in my opinion is, yeah, I know there are going to be speed bumps along the way, which naturally the case with every technology that we have developed. But, um, but given the interest and understanding and the ability for it to be transparent to a large extent again, I'm not saying it's fully transparent, but there are, there are points where you can see, right? Uh, it, it only can get better as we go along, but will bad actors use it? Yeah, likely. Uh, but we need to we need to stay a step ahead of them, and uh, just like what we have in cybersecurity, right? You know, there are still bad actors, but uh, uh, the more we plug the holes and learn to understand who's you know doing something, uh, the better we are over time. Hundred so percent exciting, exciting.
0: Yes. Understanding our flaws and building up a sense of trust is really what will be key to this future. Uh, Thank you so much, Dr. Mukai, for your time today and your valuable insights. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Vishnu. Appreciate it. It's a pleasure talking to you today and uh, all the best to you.